Thank you for waking them up, David. <laughs> I don't want to preach to a bunch of sleepy people. It's good to be back with you all again and to uh, share a little bit from the Word. And uh, we appreciate and thank you so much for your prayers for us as we've been traveling and uh, looking to the Lord as to when to go back. We're hoping maybe we go back in uh, um, possibly the middle of the next October or this coming October. And um, so you just pray for me. I got a uh, little bit of issues with my feet, uh, arthritis or gout or something in there that doesn't want to make them move or something and make me sing out at night. And my one, wife once wondering what was happening, but uh, <clears throat> uh, hopefully they'll get some oil back in there. Some people have given me some oil of oregano, and I don't know if that fixes it or not. But uh, anyway, appreciate your prayers for that. But uh, we're looking forward to getting back with the people, and we thank the Lord that... Uh, they carry on with the work, and for those guys who are preaching and teaching the Word faithfully each week, um, both Sundays and fr uh, Wednesdays, it's just uh, it's a real blessing, uh, especially I see the younger guy who's taking on the Wednesdays right now and uh, going through the book of Romans and comparing Adam and Christ and doing all of that. It's just, uh, it's just really neat to see them teaching through the Word, and then on Sundays they're going through the book of First um, Thessalonians, and so they're seeing some exciting things there about the Lord's return and uh, that they need to be active. And then again, I appreciate prayers for some of the younger believers who have not been coming so faithfully that they'll continue to come and continue to grow in the Word. Let's just bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning um, that we can come together as this. We thank you, Father, that long ago um, you knew that we needed to get together and to come together to pray for one another and to build one another up. And Father, I just pray this morning that each one here would be built up by your word as we look into it this morning, and we pray that you would speak by your spirit and bless each one that's come this morning, and pray these things in your son's precious name, amen. Well, there's a few thoughts I've been thinking about, and uh, one in particular that I'd like to share with you this morning, and the question is, which came to me many years ago, I went to mission training probably 35 years ago, and one of the questions that we were asked there, are the heathen really lost? Are the people in faraway jungles really lost? And so we want to look at that and answer some questions about what the Word of God has to say about that. And of course, being um, a missionary myself in Papua New Guinea, it's always excited to see folks like yourselves, um, missionary boards out front. I always like to look at them and, and see um, where people are going and where the Word is going. There's so many places around the world where the Gospel has not gone. And that's what I want to challenge your heart this morning is that there'll be more church planners go and more Bible translators would go. There are 1,800, at least 800, 1,800 languages that have zip, nothing. They have zero. And uh, there are 100 tribal groups that are known today that have never been contacted by the outside world. And in some of those countries, the anthropologists don't want anybody to contact them anymore. And usually that has to do with people like in... Peru, they've crossed the borders into Brazil and tried to steal their goods, their trees, their rubber, their whatever. And so these people who are still, don't have clothes or whatever, matter of fact, planes flying over, they would shoot at the planes with their bows and arrows. And, uh, but they've tried to keep, they want to keep those people away who are thieves, but they also want to keep the missionaries out. And that's what has become uh, around our world. So we're praying that God will still open doors as he can and get uh, the word of God into those places and above that, if I went into uh, another message, which I have, um, which should talk about how many people actually do not have the Word of God, there's actually closer to 4,000 where right now uh, missionaries are working, where 
Uh, they're just beginning to translate the Word of God. So the challenge is to pray this morning that more would go to these people who are lost. So the question I've asked is, are the heathen really lost? Will God overlook the fact that they've never heard the gospel? After all, they've never had a chance to reject the message. Um, some liberal churches would say years ago from Romans chapter 10, it says, how shall they hear without a preacher? And they would go, yeah, exactly. How can they hear without a preacher? So God's going to just let them slide through some back door into heaven was their kind of thinking. A missionary was translating the word of God and finished in, uh, on a big island in Papua New Guinea. And uh, after he was finished, um, the anthropologists happened to show up and they were poo-pooing what the missionaries were doing and putting them down and whatnot. And finally, the chief of the village stood up and he said, um, he said, you guys want us to stay the way we are and you're telling these people, leave us alone, they're happy the way they are. And that was a phrase that was used all the time when I first went into missionary training and heard it a lot. And um, he said, you anthropologists don't realize that these missionaries have helped us and we're not happy the way, they are, the way we are because they've all helped us physically and uh, we sleep on, on bits of wood and bits of bamboo and you sleep on your soft mattress. Now you wouldn't trade places with us to give us some physical help, but not only that, but they've given us the best thing they've said and that comes from heaven, comes from God himself. They've given us the word of God. And what have you given us? You've given us nothing. As a matter of fact, you've given us something worse. You want us to stay with our sickness and our diseases and just the way we are and die the way we are. And what have we got? We don't have any happiness. Happiness is found in Christ. And at that, he told some of the men to kick them out of the village. And so we're thankful for the word of God that is being translated where people can read it, as I was sharing this morning. Uh, where people are reading it for themselves and realizing that God Almighty is a very generous God above all men, above all gods. He has sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die for them. And so I want to talk a little bit this morning about a responsibility and a couple of other verses. I might lead ahead with some verses, but my point hopefully will come behind. I want you to look this morning, if you have your Bibles, to Romans chapter 3, a very familiar passage. And I just want to go over it. Do people who never heard once the gospel, much less the story of Christ, go to hell? Yes, they do. Why? Well, one reason is because they're sinners. And Romans chapter 3 and verse 9 says, What then? Are we better than they? No, no in no wise. For we have before proved that both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. As is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. So it's very simple that all are under sin. And the Lord Jesus Christ has died for that sin, but he's not going to allow sin to come into heaven. A man must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. And if you flip over with me to Romans chapter 1, I want to read a few verses there because I feel that there's um, a verse there where some people take something wrong, and I want to share that this morning. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, 
because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, Godhood, <clears throat> so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. So those two verses, verses 19 and then verse 20, it says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And what I want to share this morning is that one of the points I want to make clear this morning is that it is true that man can see God in creation. Um, a missionary was stumbling through the snow in the Nepal mountains and uh, knocked on a door where somebody was praying to the Creator God but knew nothing about the Creator God. And I think I know that God is faithful. God takes care of His, his part. But we also have to take care of our part. And when the missionary knocked on the door and opened up the door, there was this man praying and, and he began to tell him about Jesus Christ. He was able to talk to him and as far as I understand, lead him um, to the Lord Jesus Christ. My dad was going for years to a, a church that did not preach the gospel and he went up to the minister one Sunday and he said, <clears throat> after being there for years, he said, I feel like something's missing in my life and um, I feel that uh, you know, I've got to, there's something needs to be done because I don't feel right before God. And the preacher said, oh, no, no, you're fine. You just join the church and do confession of faith and you'll be right. Just be a good guy and you'll be, you'll be all right. And I know that you guys hear the gospel from Sunday to Sunday here and you know that our good works is not going to get us to heaven, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It's by grace that we are saved. And, um, but God was faithful. My dad got saved. Somebody came my dad's way and got saved. But that isn't typical. And going back to this verse in Ephes uh, Romans here, you cannot get saved by looking at a tree. and You cannot get saved by looking at a cloud. Um, you cannot get saved by looking at creation. You can know that there is a God. And so people can understand that there is a God, and God can begin to work in their hearts. <clears throat> but somebody has got to tell them that Jesus Christ died on the cross. You cannot know by looking at a tree or creation that Jesus Christ's blood was shed on the cross of Calvary. Somebody has to come and tell you that or you have to read it in God's word or by some means God has to make it known and I believe as in Deuteronomy 4.29 it says but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God thou shalt find him if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul so God will I believe look out to those people who are reaching out to him God will pre pre present the gospel message to those people who are seeking God through creation but what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is that we go to the lost that's around us. And I'm thankful to this meeting here, to the people here who reach out to the lost around him. We heard a little bit of John and, um, and David sharing this morning, different ones sharing about opportunities that come their way. The American Society of Christian Churches said, this is years ago, 80% of people come to know the Lord because one person witnessed to another person not because they heard it from a pulpit, not because there were special meetings, though those are good things, um, not because of a, a TV evangelist or because somebody liked the preacher or something like that. It's because one person decided to 
listen to God convicting them to share the gospel with somebody at work or wherever you meet them. I'm going to read a couple of verses that uh, talk a little bit about what the Word of God tells us when it comes to our responsibility. And one is Luke 24:47, and it says, And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name. Does anybody know what the next part says? Among, I know I'm reading the King James, but do you know what it says, next part, anybody? It says that repentance and remission of sins should be preached among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Yes, brethren. And that word, as I understand it, all nations in the Greek means all ethnic groups. And as I understand, there's nearly 17,000 ethnic groups in the world. And I also realize that when I go around the world, if I, I have another set of slides, if I had them with me right now, you would see some pictures of people who live in Indonesia, for instance, on the other side of the island, they live 160 feet up on a tree, on a in a big house that's built up on one tree and then you see another one over there and another one over there and they're afraid of the spirits of the ground and they're afraid of the spirits of other things that happen on the earth so they build their trees, way, their houses way up in these trees and they've got a, a step that's probably not even a foot high and I've got a picture of a lady carrying a dog going up those steps and uh, you can just think David and Esther, they're off to their garden in the morning and uh, and they've got, uh, they get down those steps, 200 steps going all the way down. And uh, David looks over at his wife and he says, um, Oh, Esther, sweetie, I forgot my spade. Would you mind running back up and getting my spade? I mean, it's, it's straight up, just little, tiny little steps. And it's just straight up like that. Never, no understanding that there's a God. No understanding that there's somebody who loves them. Fighting amongst other tribes all their lives and killing one another. And these tribes are becoming smaller and smaller and uh, disease and whatnot, killing them off. Never a chance to hear the gospel. And we have the word of God amongst us. It's to be preached among all nations. Matthew 9:38 says, Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. And that's my challenge this morning, that you would pray the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth other people who would plant churches and other people who would translate the word of God into the mother tongue of these people. It's exactly what... Um, John Wycliffe and uh, William Tyndale wanted to do. They wanted to have the Word of God in the mother tongue of people so that the most uneducated person could hear the Word of God in their own language and come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came and did the Father's will. How about us? John 20, 21 says, Then Jesus said unto them, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. We too need to go to those who are around us there are lots of people who are waiting to hear. I was amazed the last couple of times I've flown, the people who were sitting beside me, just, they had no interest in watching the TV screen in front of them, flying long distances. They just had interest in talking, and, and we began to talk, and, and some of them had interest in the things of the Lord. And I continue to pray for those people that I've talked to that, that they'll come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Acts 1, verse 8, popular verse, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Think of that, the Holy Spirit, God living within us, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and quit there, right? No, it says, into the ends of the earth. Folks, there's a lot of places where God's word has not gone, and this morning, again, I ask that you would pray the Lord of the harvest to send more people into his harvest. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. We'll read a few verses there. It says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And I like the way Paul leads that verse out. It says, For the love of Christ is what was pushing him to give that message. I hope you feel and you sense that love, that message of love that God, Jesus Christ, died on a cross for our sin. And, and you and I did nothing to deserve any of that. He loved us that much. And uh, I don't know if you've ever looked around. A, a guy's gotten saved in our village, and he's a criminal. He's a bad dude. But he came, he came to realize that he was uh, lost. And you know, when I would see him going around our village and I knew he was a bad dude, you know, I'd just as soon drop him and kick him somewhere because he was bad. But you know something? He began to realize that he was a sinner without hope. And he came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're all around us. And they need to hear that we have a message and that the love of Christ is constraining us to tell that message even to the guys we want to drop kick. I heard a couple of guys go by our apartment the other day just swearing and they were just talking about how they're going to do something to somebody else and the language was awful. And you don't have much interest in talking to them. Nice people, right? We like to talk to nice people, right? No, we need to tell them too that they're lost. What's the next verse says? Verse 15 it says, and that he died for all, not just for a few of us, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Recently I went to a, a missions conference up in, in Moncton, New Brunswick, and the speaker shared in the message they, who was asked to speak, I thought, well, this is going to be good, it's going to be on, on missions and whatnot, and he got up and he talked about fixing our Jerusalem, fixing our home problem. And guess what the home problem was he talked about? He talked about pornography and how bad pornography was amongst men and women alike in the church of God, people who are saved, who are struggling. And I'm not here to belittle that this morning because I know that Satan is strong and makes us all fall to something like this. And it's in our homes and it's in our, I'm sure it, it's in here this, this morning. We've all, different people had trouble with it. And uh, God wants us to help us. And I know that if we're all honest, we love the Lord, we want to help one another because it's something that does a lot of damage in our lives. It does damage in marriages and things like this. And so people begin to, what, as this verse says here, um, that, they should, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. We can live to Christ. And when you see people coming out of darkness or coming out of problems with pornography and living for Christ, I know one young man who's gotten over the problem, and uh, he's living for Christ, and he's being a testimony. And he, he's involved in the things of the Word, and it's changing his life. He doesn't want to have anything to do with that. I know a number of men who are, who are clean, as they're calling it, away from this sin. Well, Satan wants to keep us there so that we're ineffective for God. I don't know if you remember, but, um, or if you look at the news, I don't read that, or read the news or hear it too much, but I was just happened to be noticing this young guy who turned Muslim in Toronto and was shot recently, about maybe two weeks ago, and shot by the police because of what he was doing. But when I looked at his history, he was just a Caucasian as far as I remember, and uh, from the area of the, somewhere in Ontario. But his dad, um, his mom had died and his dad remarried. 
and uh, it just all upset him and uh, there was nobody really there to outreach to him and uh, that's where Christians need to be to reach out to people like that and so he turned to bad language and bad music and bad friends and drugs and whatnot and then along came somebody with a program somebody gave him a program and all of a sudden his dad saw that there was no more swearing and there was no more drinking no more carousing and, and there was respect to the parents and who better to give that program than the Muslims and but somebody let him know the dad know he says I think he's gone to a darker program and uh, and this is the reason why he died but we're here in this world to help to reach out and many times those people go by us and we have opportunity to reach out and to share with those people um, and pray again Dave too that uh, these people that are turning towards Christianity would understand Christianity and be saved many opportunities are all around us and uh, as I I think of our teaching our young believers over there especially <clears throat> one of the men who does a lot of preaching his name's Fimo when he was first saved um, he was really growing after a few years and uh, so anyway I said listen we need to go down and see this elderly lady she's um, she's getting old and I said she's not saved and uh, yeah I know I know I said well why don't you go down I said your language is better than mine and I said you go down and talk to her about the Lord okay 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 so I talked to the next day I said you go see her no I, I I didn't make an appointment with her I said, what an appointment I said you live in the tribe in the bush you don't make appointments you just go to their house and uh, yeah, yeah I, I need to go and so I said okay we'll go so he went the next day he finally got a chance to talk to her and uh, came back and told me that he had had a chance to talk to her and I said so what did she say oh she doesn't get it her head's like cement and uh, well I said what did you say she said well I gave her this story but she kept going back to her old religion you know that she grew up in and she wanted to die that way and whatnot but you know something sometimes we get all excited about sharing the gospel at least I do I get excited when I start sharing the gospel but we need to go all the way take this person I said to Fimo, I said take her by the hand and I said take her to Christ and sometimes we kind of leave them out there but you know they, they need to be brought to Christ because we don't know tomorrow if tomorrow's their last day so I said we need to take these people show them the way to Christ yes she, she wants to follow her old church ways and she wants to die in that I said leave that all alone I said bring her to Christ and then she'll change from within and so little by little they're beginning to understand about what it is to reach out to others and one of the things we're praying is that they'll be ready to cross borders we're hoping we go back Lord willing in October to cross some borders cross some village borders maybe even a tribal border there's the tribe that's in the center of our tribe I didn't know this until a believer from that tribe shared with me he says you gotta come help us over there and uh, I said I don't know your tribal language and he said no 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 he said our people know your language just come teach your language and they'll understand it so this is one of the things I appreciate prayer for that uh, people would be bold in sharing the gospel and wouldn't be afraid to cross borders because of all the uh, superstition and problems with sorcery uh, many people uh, live in fear verse 19 of chapter 5 says to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation you know that just always amazes me that God does not credit to our account the sins that we've committed you know it was laid upon Jesus Christ and I'm you know it's not mine it's it was laid on him even though I committed those sins and what did he commit he committed unto us the word of reconciliation reconciliation meaning to be at harmony again that we would be at one that we would be at peace you look around do we have peace in the world no 
but we are the ones who can offer the message of peace. And the last verse I'm going to read there is uh, verse 20. It says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. So there it is. We, another translation, plead. We're begging you, come believe in this message. My brother Bill's down in Florida. He was sharing with this guy who's from Mexico, Roman Catholic background, and he uh, kept trust talking about all the good things he had done. And uh, so Bill went through the message of salvation, but he said, to get into heaven doesn't depend upon your good works. It depends upon a person, Jesus Christ. And you need to trust him. And so he went through the whole, and he, kept, he had kept put, putting this message, uh, this whole thing about being saved. This man wasn't really um, uh, repenting or believing the message. So finally he understood the message clearly, and my brother said, so if you were to die today, what would happen to you? He said, I guess I'd go to hell. And he said, and you're good with that? And he said, no, I'm not. And he, so my brother began to plead with, well, then today's the day of salvation. Believe today so that if you died, you'd know that you'd go to heaven. And uh, praise the Lord, this man finally repented and uh, believed the gospel message. Many Christians, I find, or not all, but some have become complacent. They go, well, God knows who's going to get saved anyway. And, uh, you, know, if, you know, if he wants to use me, it's fine. But a lot of times miss the opportunities to share the gospel. I was just sharing with John here a little bit ago about the needs around our world in Myanmar or Burma, whichever you call it. The capital city there is Dhaka. And a few years ago, Dhaka was six million people. And overnight, they went to 16 million because a thousand a week were leaving their farms and their fields to come to the city to find work. And when they got into these suburbs and these people were just like sardines in these places with millions of people together, some were Hindu, some were Buddhist, some were something else. But guess what? Everybody's looking at each other and saying, is he right? Mom, he believes that. Dad, I don't know what to believe in. And here are all these people coming together who are ripe, actually, to hear the gospel message. And they're ready to hear the truth because it's like when I first went into the mountains, we surveyed a tribe, and there were two different churches that did not really preach the gospel. And um, they were in this mountain place, and I was doing a survey. And we sat down, and the guy said, Luke, he said, what, what is it that you're going to do? And, uh, well, I told him a little bit about what I was going to do. And he said, well, listen, to save you a lot of time, he said, if you believe what this church believes or you believe what this church believes, he said, don't bother coming because he said, there's no change. And he said, what we want to see is change or something that's real. And we believe that there's something out there that's real. But these guys have got nothing that's real. He said, we haven't changed. We're the same old people we were before. We've just mixed our old animistic beliefs with whatever their church has. And he said, we still follow our old ways. People want change. And people can see it in our lives. And we have a wonderful message to offer and something that we want to share with people. Um, my time's flying away quickly, if not already gone. But I want to share um, Romans 10:15 says, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, that bring glad tidings of good things. And boy, when you have the opportunity to share that message, take that opportunity. It's always a wonderful joy, and it's an encouragement in your own Christian life. I want to share a couple of um, illustrations or stories here. Many years ago, the Yorok Indians in California had a missionary come one day. I don't know, maybe over 100 years ago. Um, and the missionary came in, learned the language, and he preached the gospel. And some people got saved, and some people didn't get saved. But the point I want to make is this, is that for hundreds of years, 
the Yurok Indians took a deer and sliced its throat, made an altar, and let, the blood and let the blood spill over that altar, and they put their dentalian shells, which was their money, at the foot of the altar, and they made that to the person who is the God, the creator God, who they used in the Bible, Wapakumu, is the name of God. The name God is probably as many times as there are languages in the world, different names around. I can only think of a few. I'll make a list someday. Anumaza, Pangwa, Wapakumu, all are the name God. And they used the name Wapakumu in their Bible. And the missionary began to ask when he first got in there, he says, so ask them what they understood about God. And many things. Does Wapakumu see everything we do? Oh, yes. Does Wapakumu make the world? Did he create the world? Oh, yes, yes. Did he create man? Yes. Can he see you and I right now? Yes. Does he see us when we sin? Oh, yes. Um, do we need to make sacrifice for sin? Oh, yes. And uh, can he see our, does he know our thoughts? No, he can't understand our thoughts. So there was some correction that the missionary had to do as he presented the word of God. But my point is, is that here are people who sacrificed for hundreds of years and killed a deer and let this blood, and that was to be an atonement for their souls, which meant nothing to a holy God. Now I'll move on, and my point will come. The Moke people live in Papua New Guinea, and for thousands of years the Moke people lived and died, and they lived in their animistic ways until one day in the 80s, a missionary came strolling in and learned their language, wrote up their language, and the people began to learn to read and to write for the first time. And uh, he taught from creation to Christ's resurrection, and after three months, the whole village came to know the Lord. And for two and a half hours, they linked arms around each other, dancing back and forth and praising God because Jesus Christ had died for their sins, and they now know that their sins are forgiven. And at the end of two and a half hours, they all dropped to their knees and all started wailing, all of them together, because they realized that grandma last week who just died went to hell, and that their children who had died that were babies, or not babies, but their children who were young had died and were, we'll say, in their teens, whatever they were, to people who had died last year and on and on and on, had died and gone to hell. Now I want to pull a verse out of Romans chapter 9, verse 14. It says, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid, Paul would say. There's no unrighteousness. God knows. But there is a responsibility for us to take that message to those people who have never heard. It's not my business or anything like that to think, well, um, you know, God will you know, save all these people or do whatever. But in the midst of it, I've just began to look through the Word of God and realize that God is a holy God and God knows, as He did when the people of Eat, um, when the people were in Egypt and they're going to come out, he didn't bring them out. You, you would have thought, well, these are God's people, you know. Give them a few years, but God waited over 400 years. But he had something that he had in his mind, and one of the things he had in his mind was that the sin of the Amorites and all those otherites, this, their sin was not full yet. And there's a holiness of God that, that I don't completely understand. But I know that within Scripture, God says, to preach the gospel and to take it to those who've never heard that they'll have a chance to hear. David, I got a few more verses. When can I, when should I shut down here? Okay, sounds good. I just got a few more to go here. Um, let's look at, quickly, let's look over at Luke 15, 3. And while you're turning there, I want to ask you a question. What am I willing to reach the loss? 
Am I willing to risk it all to see somebody come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? I know of missionaries today who've gone to tribes in South America. The tribe I'm in is 100,000 people. That sounds like it's worth going to, right? Why go to a tribe where there's only 50 people? There are tribal groups where this young lady, she's a single lady, went with another couple. They were 120 people there, and when they began preaching the word, they were down to 85 people left. Were they, are they worth going to? Somebody's shaking their heads, yes. What's the value? Let me ask you a question. What's the value? What is a soul worth? Let's look at this quick passage here, or this passage, I'll read it quickly. Luke 15, 3, and he spake a this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he found it? And when he hath found it, he layeth on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one one sinner that repents, more than over ninety and nine per just persons which need no repentance. What is the value of a soul? What am I willing to give up so that they can hear the good news? If you go into, if you happen to be able to fly over, now that you can do with drones and everything zooming around. We have drones in Papua New Guinea on Independence Day flying around our legs and everything like that, and everybody's trying to take pictures of all these tribal people and tribal groups. But if you go into the jungles of Brazil or Papua New Guinea, you might come across planes and some of these planes, people could never even, when, when some of them gone down, people never even found them. We've even found that, that's a problem, right? In our oceans in the last few years, right? Big planes gone. And people do what? Do they just go, yeah, we tried to find, we looked around for about an hour or two, but we couldn't find the plane. Is that what happened to the one that went down in Malaysia there, or wherever it was from? I don't know how long they took, but it was a long time, and if it's probably not done searching for yet, I, I don't know if they found it or what, but... Um, if you lose your child, Esther, or us parents, we lose our child in the bush, do we say, ah, they'll probably come home with the cows, or they'll get, you know, and when they're hungry, they'll come rolling home. But you know, if our child is lost in the bush, I'm telling you something, I probably won't be standing behind this pulpit. I'll be looking for my kid, and I'll be looking for them, and looking for them until they find them. And we'll spend a lot of time looking for somebody that has a physical life, and uh, I think we'd all do that. But folks, the souls that are right around us are lost, and they're lost in the bush of sin. And they need to hear a message that Jesus Christ died for them. And, and as I said, sometimes you just, you have somebody sitting beside you on an airplane or at work. They're, they don't know the way. They don't know the truth. I don't know if I mentioned to you some of the ones that I've sat with lately, but uh, I was just amazed at different people who have come from different backgrounds. One lady shared me, my mom's a Jew, my dad's a Ukraine. And they both don't know which day to have Christmas on, and they argue about things, and they argue about God. I don't understand. God's confusing. Well, there's an opportunity to share with them about the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15:24 says, um, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. And I'm going to go down. Verse 24 says, um, well, verse 23 says, But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after they that are Christ at his coming, then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put out all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Why did I read those verses? 
Well, it's simple. You're still alive. We still have an opportunity. You still have the opportunity to share with other people. And Ephesians chapter 5 says, redeem the time because the days are evil. And then it says, to be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. I think that's just a picture is all. Don't be saturated under the control of wine, um, but be under the control of the Holy Spirit. I just want to close with a song. It says, maybe you know this song, Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin in the grave, weep or the erring one, lift up the fallen, tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. And then there's other verses, but I just want to, re- the last one says, Rescue the perishing, duty demands it, strength for thy labor the Lord will provide, back to the narrow way, pay, way sorry, back to the narrow way, patiently win them, tell the poor wonder a Savior has died. Folks, they're poor as far as their spiritual life is concerned, and they need to hear this message. And I know you know that, but I trust that um, you'll find ways at work. Maybe, it's, maybe you need to carry a track. Maybe you're nervous or something like that, too. I know I'm sometimes nervous how I'm going to share the message. And uh, maybe somebody comes to your door like the Mormons, and you can just have a little track ready, and you know. Even if you say, hi, how you doing? Here's a track. Goodbye. At least you gave them something. You've done something. Don't just let it go. There's an opportunity came knocking at your door. Be ready to share the message with others. Know the word, and uh, you'll find that uh, your Christian life will grow and you'll be a blessing to others. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that uh, we can be ambassadors um, for the Lord Jesus Christ and that we can share with others the message of salvation. And Father, I just pray that uh, as you provide us with opportunities, Father, that we would be ready to share that message with others that are lost. And again, Father, we pray the Lord of the harvest that others would go out, even from here, from Northbrook, that some would go forth maybe to be a Bible translator or a church planner, that um, people in lost parts in the darkest places of the world, Father, would hear the word and be saved and be a part of your family. We pray your blessing on each one that's come this morning. We pray these things in your son's precious name, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you.